Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Mitchin. We are a weekly food podcast. And uh, this week we are trying something new. We are going to record ourselves doing this episode on Facebook Live video. Whew. So uh, even though you're probably listening to this days after we recorded it. Um, if not weeks. Uh, go back in time and sign up for Facebook Live video and, and check out the Mitch and ask us some questions there. We've got uh, a whole bunch of questions that people have emailed us. Again, that uh, email address is uh, the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com or you can send us a question over on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the Mitchin. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins, very importantly, and my co-host, of course, to the uh, to the right of me is Mitchell Orr. Yeah. Um, so I've got a really good one that we could kick things off with. This is Did a. Did we uh, say what we're doing today? Yeah, we're doing a Q and A episode. Ah, okay, cool. Do you want to kick things off by letting us know uh, how your trip was? It was really good. Fucking I don't great know if question. anyone cares or anyone remembers, but I went to Singapore to do a couple dinners, um, and Lil, my sous chef, came with me, and then on the back of that, I dropped over to Hong Kong and Phnom Penh for a few days and ate like crazy. What was the like top three top three meals? Ah, fuck. It's hard. I really didn't eat a bad meal. The chicken wings in Singapore were top three dead or alive chicken wings. Um, they were definitely dead. Crab in Singapore, um, eating at Holy Fook was fucking awesome. Ronan was sick. All the street food in Phnom Penh was fucking amazing. It was, yeah, I, I really didn't eat a bad thing. It was unbelievable. And what were the, the dinners that you cooked out like? What'd you do? They were really fun. We just did, you know, the, the usual sort of Acme stees and share plates and... Jats. Jats and took the macaroni over. You, take, you took Jats over? We took Jats over, um, took Jats over, did macaroni, and then we just sort of winged a couple things with what we could get and what we had available and, yeah, just put it together from there. And Lil did all the work and I sort of just <laughs> floated around and took naps, so it was good. And Lil still hasn't returned. No, she returned. She returned a week before me and then she fucked off again and is currently in Hong Kong after going back to Singapore and then goes to Tokyo and then comes home, so... Yeah, for three weeks I'm slaving away, actually working. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. It's a nightmare. Um, so let's kick things off with uh, the first email that we got. Uh, this one came through just after the um, the spate, the d- the double up episode of uh, of drunk Mitchin episodes. 
Ah, um, because uh, he did the Continental one as well. Yeah, I mean, I, which I think is a great episode, and I, yeah, I, I won't yeah. take any uh, criticism against <laughs> the drunk one with Mike Mike Benny. I think if you do a sober episode with Mike Benny, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, true. Um, true, true, true. But uh, I definitely, I think we uh, should accept some criticism for our extremely <laughs> shambolic episode, which you recorded at the Dolphin Hotel. I'm not taking any criticism because I wasn't there. Yeah, you totally can. So this one comes from Brendan Mayle. Uh, and he says, yo boys, just a heads up, listening to you cunts talking shit ordinarily makes for entertaining listening. Listening while you're pissed gives me Ebola. That's Keep up the otherwise good work. So, first of all, apologies to Brendos for, uh, for getting Ebola. Is that too Because loud? of our podcast? I don't know. Hey, it, um, the one person that's watching on Facebook right now, is that, <laughs> is that Thermomix uh, too loud? Damiano! <laughs> Yeah, I think it was too loud because he just stopped. He just t- turned off. We haven't got any- anyone watching yet. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, uh, Brendan Mayle says that uh, he, got, he got a bowler because of our drunk episode. Mitch, as, as a non-drinker, did you, even, did you even bother listening to that episode? Uh, I haven't yet. I actually haven't listened to the last couple where you've been drunk or I haven't been involved. <laughs> but, uh, but that's pretty interesting that you managed to give people Ebola by being drunk. That's a development. It's a superpower. Yeah, at the wow. at, yeah. But uh, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Do you think like, you know, cause we are trying to make the Mitchin Weekly now, which means I try and get an episode done whenever I can. Yeah, and if you're drunk, you're drunk. Who gives a fuck? Cool. All right. Yeah. You heard that. That's the Mitch work, guys. If Mitchin says it's okay for me to be drunk, <laughs> that's all the okay I need. Um, all right. Let's go to... Uh, and also, fuck you, Brendos, is what, <laughs> is what I would like to say back to Brendos. Um, all right. This one uh, comes from John as a party. He says, long-time listener, first-time caller. Psyched you dudes are back to weekly. Fuck the haters. See, Brendos? Fuck the haters. Drunk eps are dope, is what John has a party says. Now, the podcast has got me sold. Sydney food scene seems to be killing it, and so I've bought tickets, and I'm flying up from Melbourne in a week just to eat. I have three dinners. Why don't you just move? Yeah. (laughs) I have three dinners and two lunches to fit in. I'm willing to do multiple lunches and dinners to visit all the places I want to visit. At this stage, my must-visits are Brose. Acme, he spelled Acme, A-C-M-I, which is how you should spell it. Um, sorry, Ed. <laughs> um, Momofuku Siebo, LPs, and Stambouli, where else should I go? Automata. Automata, straight off the, the bat. Yeah. Continental, straight off the bat. Yeah. Ah, fuck. These are all like relatively new joints. Chinatown. Yeah, go to Chinatown, obviously. Chinatown. You've got to have one drunken night. Dolphin at, at the Golden Century Golden Century In fact You know the, the night that we did The Dolphin Hotel episode And then went to GC's We went to GC's time. And I was like Oh this is a great idea For an episode And I got my recorder out And I did a bunch of Drunk recordings about What, what you should order When you go to Golden Century yeah. And so I wanted it, I thought So I've got maybe like Four chefs so far And yeah. I thought a good idea For an episode would be Us talking to all these different chefs around Sydney. And obviously, half the episode would just be honging, telling me the exact thing that you should order when yeah. you go to Sydney. But everyone has the different order. Yeah. And everyone has like hilarious stories from, from, from Golden Century. Maybe we could even try and talk to someone from GCs. Yeah, we could probably get Billy on. Um, so, yeah, a, a Golden Century episode coming up very soon. And definitely something somewhere that John as a party should visit. Is it somewhere like what, is like... what do you think is like the quintessential Sydney restaurant that's been around for a long while? Is it GCs? Um... No, GC's is the quintessential late night restaurant. Mm-hmm. The quintessential restaurant, it's hard. I mean, like, I think Pillu is one of them. Yep. 
Pillow is um, essential. Northern beaches. You're not going to go there for any other reason besides Pillow. So you may as well go yeah. to Pillow. Frat Paz. Frat, pa- Frat Paz is probably the quintessential Sydney restaurant, really. Do you rate Fratelli Paradiso as a dining experience more than Tim William? Yeah. Just because it's more classic, huh? Yeah, it's it's very different. Ten Williams a bit more loud and buzzy, and mm-hmm. you know, and frat. To whenever I go to frat, I feel like I'm I'm going home for dinner. And I'm just being looked after, you know, especially if Marco, Gio, or Enrico are on the floor. So I guess it's a different experience. But man, people go there go there for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Some days, sometimes they just fucking sit at the same table all day long. You know, so yeah, it's a very different thing to the bar. Um, cool. So, John, I hope that's a, a long list of places you can visit. John's actually watching us on Facebook Live, as uh, six other people are too. Wow, we guys, it's a big, it's big off numbers. Chain, off the chain. We, maybe we should tell people about this in advance next time. Seven t- people. I holy did, shit! I did say that to you. Um, I, got, I got kids to feed, but uh, also fuck everybody watching, <laughs> <laughs> including James Hurd, who just joined us. Hey, James Hurd, what's up? Um, so, uh, yeah, anyone watching right now, if you have a, a question you want to ask us, it's a Q and A episode. We'll even answer rascally questions that don't deserve an answer. Let's say I guarantee to you. Be rascals. Um, so, our next question comes from Ryan Harris. Ryan. So, Ryan Harris... It's not a question. It's a fucking novel. <laughs> no, this is nothing compared to how big some of the <laughs> questions are coming up. Ryan Harris uh, is from Napa Valley. Um, he was on an episode that we recorded in January of The Mitchin. A lovely guy. Um, and uh, he says in, uh, to us, Yo, Levins, um, I really enjoy The Mitchin. And I feel... Oh, by the way, this, uh, this email was titled Bring Back Mitch. Because <laughs> it came after two episodes that you weren't on. Um, Yo, Levins, I really enjoy the Mitchin and I feel lucky to have been on. Aside from the drunken fiasco of this week's, this week's Cunty podcast, I typically listen straight through. Uh, Mitch, you haven't listened. I'm pretty sure we broke records for the word cunt yeah, said no, I'm aware. in one podcast, I'm which aware. I think is an achievement. Yeah, definitely. I'm proud. Um, now that I've complimented and insulted you, I feel like I can ask the question I came to ask. What equipment would I need to effectively start the Mitchin of Napa Valley? Me and a few chefs are working hard to create a sense of camaraderie, and I think a podcast would be a great tool. Being that Napa is a, great, is a destination, we also get chefs from all over in town all the time. Any advice would be helpful. I'll pay you in bacon when you come to the States, and I will keep listening. I don't care if you keep listening, but I do care yeah. about bacon. Um, hello to Mitch and Mike. Looking forward to seeing everyone on my next trip to Sydney with Aaron. Ryan, <clears throat> uh, if you watch this video, this is uh, a Zoom H6 recorder. It can record up to six microphones at once. Uh, it was like six hundred bucks. I'm Australian, probably cheaper in America. Probably also um, a tax write-off if you do it right. It's a tax write-off. I've, I've bought two of these, um, and uh, then I just use like regular Shaw microphones. Um, and then our hosting service, it, we use Libsyn, but apparently there are, there are like free services you can use, um, so you don't have to pay for podcasting fees. What's that? Libsyn. I don't know. Libsyn. L I B S Y N. And is that that website? Mark Maron uses it. It's good enough for Mark, Mark Maron. Maron. It's good, good enough, enough for me. For what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Are we doing this? <laughs> Pow! <laughs> um, so yeah, and then then just get a fucking social media presence, Ryan Harris. Yeah, you have to download Instagram, you fuckhead. <laughs> um, okay, this one comes from Alex Pisani, <clears throat> aka Axel P. Hi guys, I'm a cook from Southwest Sydney and I love the podcast. Occasionally you touch on some of the wanky food trends going on around Sydney. Donut milkshakes come to mind. Um, I can assure you that these gimmicks have permeated out West also. I also live out West, Alex. I agree with you. Um, I actually love hearing about all that stuff, not just because it's fun to bitch about stupid shit amongst industry folk, but I think it can be a great way to educate all the non-chef listeners on why people shouldn't be suckered into the trends of Instagrammable novelty dishes. Alex. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. I actually did a uh, a radio interview for some uni students this week and talked about they wanted to talk about this exact thing, and that's all it is, man. It's just because it's Instagrammable. Mm. So, so it's not made to taste good. You, once you've Instagrammed it, you're not gonna go and eat it again. And it's not just Instagrammable. Like some, you know. Guardian or Broadsheet or yeah, um, Daily yeah. Mail will be like, look Pick at these up, fucking ridiculous milkshakes yeah. happening in Fairfield. <laughs> um, no, I, no shots at Fairfield. Though. No, no, no. But like, that's there, there is one that just opened in North Parramatta. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a like a, fran- a, a burgeoning franchise, mm-hmm. and all they do is just like processed food. Like you get like a milkshake, and it's like can- canned whipped cream, like regular ass milk, fucking coddies chocolate syrup and then they oh, stick a freddo oh, frog on top of a cronut and then cut cover the whole thing in nutella and put a sparkler in it and it's fuck? like put it on instagram you dumb shits like <laughs> i went to one of the and, then, and they, they 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 call themselves a cafe too i don't want to name names but it's pretty easy to find this like find the one fucking cafe doing milkshakes in north Parramatta. Fucking pretty hell. easy to find i think they called something espresso um and they also do like you know like store-bought chicken wings that they that they fry up they do like crappy... Like Woolies marinated chicken wings or something. They may as well be. And they cook them to fuck and then they cover them in like, in like shitty Master Foods barbecue sauce. Oh, man. And they call them like wingy dings. Only in North Parramatta. Uh, so yeah, Axel or Alex, whichever you prefer. I, I think that, that, that food trend is shit. I just, I, I, All food trends are shit. <laughs> but like, I don't think there's a problem with a, with a dish looking appealing for an Instagram user, right? No. Like if, all, all your dishes dish, look nice. If the dish has, of course, you eat with your eyes. Like yeah. before Instagram, people were making food that looks nice. Mm. It's making food that is shocking. And like the fr- freak shakes and shit don't look nice. They look fucking stupid. But a blogger puts it on their fucking thing, or broadsheet picks it up, and it gets fucking clicks. You know what I mean? Same so, as like the monster burgers that that yeah, you can't. No one you fucking can't, eats them. It's fucking stupid. If you can't fit your mouth around it, what's the fucking You're point? You're not going to eat it. How You're do you? Not gonna eat how it do you all? eat? Who do ha- if anyone was watching um, how do you eat one of those monster burgers do you like put it on its side and like kind of you um, don't you um, take um, a photo of it and then take all the extra meat off and then eat it like a normal burger <laughs> great food waste yeah. cool yeah we hate food trends like that Alex um, this one comes from Sarah L um, she says um, I love the show um, more recommendations of non-signature dishes you guys like could you please let me know some more recommendations of non-signature dishes from restaurants that you guys like? For example, I know Black Star are now floated by, like everyone knows their watermelon cake alone, but their eclairs are molto bene. Yeah, but that's every res- every restaurant. Like you don't, there's not one dish on every fucking place's menu, is there? No, totally. But what she's what she's saying is, is there a place that is renowned for a signature dish where we we prefer another particular dish? Well, I don't go to any places to eat a signature dish, so... Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's... Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know, like, what... Give me some examples. Give me some examples to rebut. Okay. I only come to Acme for the bologna sandwich and the pig's head macaroni. Yeah, that's cool, but everything else changes all the time. So, every time you come, you can eat something different that's equally fucking as good. Okay. Uh, Momofuku for the pork buns. Well, they're not on the menu anymore, so... Okay. All right. Uh... <laughs> Jeez, you really threw me under the bus, Sarah. Yeah, exa- exactly. But this is what I mean. Like, it's the same thing with the Instagram food trends, right? People see something on Instagram or see something on Broadsheet or Good Food or wherever the fuck, and they go, oh, I have to go to the restaurant for that thing and that thing only. And that's the wrong way to fucking eat. Okay, what about Tan Viet? 
Well, I only ate the fucking Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme. But I have with, eaten with, other things. Really? And they're fucking good too. Right. Yeah, like the the duck soup and... Goat curry. You know, like people... Yeah. Like fair enough if you're in the mood for something. But that's the kind... Like Tanvi's the kind of place you're going to eat one dish and one dish only kind of thing. You know what I mean? But yeah. when you go to a restaurant and you're getting an entree, a fucking main or you're sharing a bunch of shit, you know? So there's always hidden gems and you should never go to a restaurant with an expectation of I'm going to have that dish and that dish is going to be amazing and the rest of it I'm not worried about. You should go with an open mind and go, I'm going to enjoy the whole experience of this restaurant and see what it has to offer as a whole. And yeah, I might still have the signature dish but I'm going to try other shit too that might I might like even more. What about like just like bakeries? Um, Burke Street Bakery, their signature dish, probably the sausage rolls. That is the best thing you can get at Burke Street Bakery. The sausage rolls. Are, uh, I don't fuck with sausage rolls. You don't so fuck with sausage rolls? No. This is a scandal. No, I, meat pies all the way. Really? Yeah. Oh, sausage rolls are so cool. No. I don't know. I've always been meat pie boy. Okay, meat pie boy Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, this is from um, Carla. Carla says, I've got a selfish question. I'm obsessed with the food industry. I love it. And I'm so interested in the mechanics of how to run a restaurant, the skills of the chefs, the talents, and just the entire holistic approach. I work in marketing and I'm trying to find a way to get into the industry where I can work in a field I'm so passionate about. What advice would you give food, would you food professionals give to someone like me as to how I can get into the industry? And this is something like, okay, because think about it. Like you, I feel like the, the most prickly relationships you have with people are in food marketing. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how would someone that has a marketing background, like these are her skills, how do you enter the food world and not annoy the chef world? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. If you're, if you're trying to use the chef world to boost your profile and make a living in the marketing world and then you want to claim the hospitality industry as your industry, you can go and get fucked. Right. Because it's not your industry. Marketing is your industry and you're mining what we all do to keep yourself in a job. If you want to get into the food industry and work in the food industry, then go and put yourself out there and start at the bottom and be humble and be prepared to work. Realize that it's not fucking romantic. Mm. It's monotonous. It's fucking long. It's hot. It's boring. You have to deal with fuckhead customers. You have to deal with dickhead chefs. It takes you a long time to make money. You have to deal with dickhead waiters. There's no fucking money in it. All the suppliers hate you and you hate all the suppliers. It's nonstop. Every, like, when you own your own business, it's a constant source of fucking headaches. Like, it just, it never fucking ends. But best industry ends. in the world, bro. Best industry best in the world. In, best industry in the world. It's like, you, you know... Everyone has kids and they're like, they tell you this story of how fucking they never have any fucking sleep. It's fucked. The kid pisses everywhere. They fucking haven't had a good night's sleep in a week. They can never get anywhere on time. They fucking, you know. Stop, stop describing me. I'm describing you. <laughs> but then you go, I love being a dad. It's the fucking best. It's the same thing. It's so, same Carla, thing. either get into the food industry or have some kids. Start, yeah, just start at the bottom if you want to learn. Start at the bottom. Have a kid. Do you know what? Everywhere needs fucking people to work. Everywhere needs hands. So if you want to go somewhere and you're passionate about it and you've got no fucking experience, go and work somewhere for free so you can get some experience. And there's no reason you need to give up marketing. Like even if you do four days a week marketing and then do one, two days a week or work weekends in the food industry, you're still part of the food industry. Go and volunteer for Oz Harvest and help them out. Go and do something like that. Like there's heaps of shit you can do. It's it's, it's easy to get involved with the food industry. You might not be able to claim it as your industry for a while, but... 
it, there, there are stepping points that you can yeah. get into. Uh, cool. Next question comes from Liz Changalang. Long-time listener, first-time messenger, listening to episode 37, and a question for whoever you've got lined up next. It's our special guest, Mitch, today. <laughs> Why is Parramatta the final frontier? I don't remember who said that. Um, but uh, Sounds like something Mike would say. Yeah. It seemed like there was a push when Circa opened. Circa is probably the only good cafe in Parramatta. Right. Um, uh, but it seems like all that's opening now are local chains like Messina, Jamie's Italian, etc. I'm happy for them to have a presence, though. Considering the diverse community, it still doesn't have the big ethnic food like Grav- Granville and Harris Park do. What's keeping the restaurateurs away? You'll see lines outside Criniti's, which is a piece of shit pizza restaurant. Um, and, uh, and City Extra still draws a crowd. Uh, uh, City Extra is... Is a beloved No actually. shots at City Extra We love, we love City <laughs> That's Extra That's the Mitchin's mascot That's, yeah. <laughs> But um, There's a market for restaurants She in, in just Paramount. described What keeps us away right there You know Cronides has a fucking line Outside of it every day If I was to go and Open Acme in Para And I'm from Parramatta Like I grew up in the western suburbs But I feel like Acme would be over A lot of people's head It's not it's not lowest common denominator no. for lack of another term. Sure. It's not simple to understand. It's different. It's not just fucking shit pizza and massive piles of shit pasta. It is though at the moment. That's all That's all that we, you can get in Paramount that's, now. But that's what I mean. But that's, they're the places that have massive lines too. Well, they have massive you know? lines because that's all you can fucking get. Mm. I've never actually seen a lineup out the front of Cronides actually. But Cronides no. is full all the time. But Cronides in Darling Harbour is full all the time too. But if someone like Acme was to go and open in Parramatta, I don't think it would be busy. There's nothing stopping everyone from Parramatta from coming to the city to eat in all these restaurants totally. either. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I don't necessarily want something like Acme. I, mean, I would love Acme there, but I think like you know, we are getting Burger Project in Parramatta yeah, early I, next like, year. I think if Bells went and opened, Bells would fucking yeah. kill it. Like There are certain things that would Salt definitely Salt Meats kill Cheese it. is opening a pizza restaurant there finally, so we can finally have... There's like 20 pizza restaurants in Parramatta and none of them no, are good. No, they're good. And it, that's the thing. It's... It's a different market, but but it is going to be like five years from now. It is going it to be, be a bustling CBD, yeah, 100%. And, I, and it is going to take someone to like you know. It's great we've got a Messina there, but there's never there's never a line to get into Messina, well, which is insane. Too, you know? uh, Burke Street Bakery does really well. Um, yeah. that, that's simple to understand. Totally, everyone can understand. But a fucking it, sausage roll. We still, you know what we don't have? We don't even have a butcher in Parramatta. There's no good butcher. That's what we need. We there's need someone. Barely to, any good butchers in the city either. Well, so. I mean, can we just have one? Even if, like you can only get. Meat at like Coles. It yeah, sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's no good at all. But yeah, Liz, I uh, I would love Parramatta to be the bustling food mecca that it deserves to be. But yeah, I think I, we're a long way off. I think education is a part of it. Like food education is a part of it. Dining out experience is a part of I it. I mean, Parramatta Lanes is a is a pretty cool um, food event that's happening right now. It's mostly just an excuse for food trucks to line. Like Parramatta streets are cool. And, mm. and at night, every night for the next two weeks or something, there's, uh, there's all the best food trucks in Sydney and Parramatta. That's a right. cool vibe. And, then, and, you know, the lines out for that. Like, people love the food events in, in Parramatta. We yeah, just yeah. don't have the regular restaurants. The I, think, I think having Burger Project and, and Salt Meats Cheese there in the next year is going to be a big step. Yeah. And I know Morgie, Morgie said he wants to open a, uh, a Bell's Hot Chicken. But again, like, that's easy to understand stuff. You know what I mean? Totally. It says what it is, hot and chicken. Maybe if you were Burger like... Burger Project. Acme is not Italian pasta. Yeah. 
<laughs> Tweak it. Thanks, Liz, for your message. We've got one. Uh, this is a, a, a live one we've got from our Facebook live video. If you're watching us right now, feel free to ask us a question and we will answer it for you. This one comes from Taylor. Taylor says, my housemate Marilyn just told us that she is currently facing this ongoing issue at the cafe she works at. A customer comes in every day and asks for a latte with chocolate on top. She argues with her that it's a cappuccino, but the customer says she still wants a latte with chocolate on top and even watches her write latte on the coffee lid. What would you do? What would you both do in this situation? The customer I, is always right. The customer is always a fuckwit. Yeah. I, would, I would constantly laugh at her and just... Let her do it. Like it's at the if she sees you writing latte and she she I don't know. <laughs> Taylor just said fuck. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The customer? Yeah. Yeah, you're sure. Or she could fuck the customer. But, yeah, I don't know. Something like that, you just got to laugh and let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are just said in their stupid ways sometimes. Yeah. Like, like... let, let them be and just keep taking their money really or you could just give her like a coke <laughs> and just keep this charade up until she like says the right thing um, cool this one comes from uh, Glenn Glenn says my question is will you ever like Perth no <laughs> <laughs> why don't you like Perth bitch? how many times have you uh, been to Perth I've been to Perth zero times right. in my life I'm actually doing Margaret River Gourmet Escape um, in November so, so shouts to everyone going to Margaret, Margaret River Gourmet Escape. Uh, Mitch hates you. I'll, I'll be in Perth Airport and I think that's about it. But uh, yeah. Fuck Perth, fuck Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost like five, five watches. I think a lot of Perth, li- a lot of Perth, Perth watches. Is, oh, yeah, I mean, Are Perth people even awake yet with the time difference? Yeah, that's what. Oh, yeah. It's like 9am. I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, Perth is is a weird one. I know that they're they're again. It's like Perth is like an enormous Parramatta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, they have a long way to go, but there is the beginnings of some good Something. stuff there. Their Chinatown is okay. They um, have a Chinatown. Yeah, that's, that's progressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Shout, sorry, Glenn. To Ash there. But maybe, maybe one, maybe ask us again in two years if we'll ever like Perth. Mm. Might be the same answer. Might be different. Uh, James asks, oh, "This is doing a hard one for you to answer. <laughs> Which of my other podcasts, Hey Fam or Serious Issues, is Mitch's favorite?" Uh, anyone that Nacho appears on Nacho So serious issues Easy question Comic books I like, I like Hey Fame too I listen to Hey Fame every now and You listen like, to it when you If the topic is of interest to me So when we complain about DC movies Yeah yeah They're the, they're the ones I listen to Yeah um, uh, A regular Mitchin guest Lee Tran Lam uh, Has a Actually legit Slash nosy question for us What are the cookbooks That you guys have either A. Used the most in your lives Or B. Kept on buying Because they were so good You had to give them To other people as copies If anyone mentions Pete Evans here Some disappointment Will be activated <laughs> um, Okay, okay I, I, I've you, never you, re-bought a cookbook you've, you've lent me Marco Pierre White's cookbook Did I get that back? That was, yeah, yeah, of course Yeah, fine. sure cool. <laughs> No, I've, I've lent Lots of different cookbooks out but I've never gone and rebought them unless I've lost them. But I buy cookbooks because I like to have them, and then I buy them and unwrap them and flick through them, and then don't really ever read them again. Yeah, it's. You know, I buy like for practicality. Um, I, I, but for people, for people I know that actually like cook at home, mm. Odalengi cookbooks a lot. Yeah. Odalengi cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I've I bought the Momofuku desserts book. Um, the one that Christine, uh, yeah. what's her name? Soy uh, Tossie. Tossie. Um, I bought her book for a lot of a lot of people, like my, yeah, right. my like my wife's mother, who 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 is a professional cake yeah. maker. My my sister who loves making desserts. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really buy cookbooks for people. Lee Tran Lam is an incredible cookbook giver. Is she? Yeah, I mean she's uh, ma- she's actually, many she's things. She's given me a cookbook. She's before, given too, me some actually, great ones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I like buying them to have them, and then I never look at them or do anything with them. But that's what fills my bookshelves. Going back to your early. Chef Korea, is there a cookbook that you that you cooked um, from heaps? When I was before, like when I was still in high school, it was always Jamie. Jamie O. Na- Naked Chef 1 and 2. Naked, not not, not, not like my mom, five minute recipes? Nah, before all that. My mum always buys me silly cookbooks that she finds on sale and stuff like that. But yeah, but when, when I used to cook at home, because I don't really cook at home anymore, and before I cooked for a living, yeah, I would cook Jamie stuff and that way back in the... Uh, Early two thousands, late nineties. My first serious girlfriend got me like a, a really like generic like barbecue food for friends cookbook, oh, yeah. and I cooked the hell out of that yeah. when I was like nineteen. You That's still, what got me into cooking. Still using those recipes now. Uh, I reckon that it taught me a lot of like real basic, basic stuff, stuff, like how to make mayonnaise to build off. and, yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know how to make mayonnaise. It's the barbecue staple. Yeah. Um, got another one. No, that might be all That's the questions it. we got. Um, that was cool. I've got a question for you. Yeah, and this has been bugging me. A lot lately. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Re, Deliveroo, Uber Eats, and Foodora, the f- the home delivery service that they they send some poor cunt on a little bicycle in a yeah. dumb hat to your restaurant to pick up the food. You cram it into shitty takeaway containers and and bring it to someone well, who's too lazy to go to your restaurant. This is actually something we've been thinking about a lot, and because I'd imagine that you you get targeted by these spots a lot, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. So. Winter's been hard um, across the industry in general and when, you, when you're not in the restaurant on a night off or whatever, the amount of fucking push bikes with pink and blue things on the back of them rolling around the city 
is phenomenal. Yeah. And I definitely got sucked into it because I'm lazy as well and I can definitely understand it. But Who did, What did you get sent to your house? I've had Chat Thai and heaps of different things. They go all the way for, to, to your joint? Yeah, from, from the city, from CBD, Westfields. Right. So, you know, I, I used Fedora a fair bit and things constantly got to me and were fucking shit or wrong. And, you know, with Fedora, you have to pay a $5 fee delivery fee there's minimum orders etc etc so i got really sick of sort of supporting that and then getting a shit product with no i can't find a way on fedora or delivery to if something comes wrong to find a way to get um, compensation for that or get the order fixed and then by the time it gets there it takes 40 minutes you're so fucking hungry mm. you don't want to wait another 40 minutes to get the right thing anyway and it's definitely had an effect on trade in restaurants. I I'm think, sure it has. Especially in the last... Like, it's really gone crazy in the last six months to a year. I reckon not so much. I mean, like Acme is in, like, the Darlinghurst. I mean, definitely Darlinghurst, but less so in Potts Point, this area. Like in Newtown and, and that, like... Oh, no. in this in, Across the city, bro. Yeah, right. Across the city. It's had a massive impact. And it's been hard. And it's also... But it's also something that is obviously going to be... Is obviously going to stick around. Mm-hmm. So... We're actually going to sign. We're actually signing up with Uber Eats right. for Acme, just because like Uber Eats is a better model because there is a way to contact someone if the order is wrong, mm-hmm. a way to get compensation if your order is fucked. There's no delivery fee to the consumer, and there's no minimum order. And your and your guy is in a car, like a yeah. comfortable car, his car, her yeah. car, and the t- the timing on it is a lot quicker as well, right? And the tracking is really good, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's used the same way as Uber. There's no headaches with it, and it's not something that I necessarily want to do, but it's something that I've been forced to do, yeah, to keep revenue up and to keep people eating our food. And we're not just going to do everything, but we're going to do things that travel well from our menu mm-hmm. and things that I will arrive to a customer in a good like a good enough state that's a good representation of what we do in the restaurant. Sam just asks uh, on our Facebook live video um, with delivery do you tip the Uber dude? Not usually. Uh, can you tip Uber? Yeah, I don't know if you can tip Uber. You can tip Fedora and stuff, but Fedora is already getting a $5 delivery fee. And they yeah, take they take so fucking long that you yeah, know. but I feel so bad for those the staff. Yeah, I don't, man, they signed up. I didn't ask them to sign up for yeah, the job. Sure, you know right. what I mean? Like if they come and they're like fucking on time and they're like everything's good and yeah, then you know I'll tip them a couple of bucks or whatever. But if they take a fucking hour when it should have taken half an hour, yep. And you watch them dri- drive around in circles and you know. I'm a home delivery purist. Only pizzas. Yeah, but see, I've had pizzas from Fedora and they've come shit and wrong as well. So. Yeah, that's why, I mean, only pizzas from places that exclusively that say, like, you know, like home delivery is like their focus. You yeah, know? well, that's my thing. I, I got to the point where I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to go and eat somewhere and I'm too lazy to cook, I will go to the restaurant and get takeaway. Yeah. Rather than use Fedora. And I think delivery. that should be everyone's, like, people, restaurants don't mind doing takeaway. You know, they get to have yeah. that one-on-one customer interaction. You can see the specials board. Yeah. You can, you know, maybe you'll, you'll get there and you're like, actually, you know what, maybe I will stay. Like, I understand there are people that have anxiety problems that don't like leaving the house and this is like a blessing for them. They can have like, you know, two-hatted food or whatever, one-hatted food yeah. delivered to their door. That's great. But I just think 
like I'm not even in the restaurant industry anymore, but I can see how damaging it is. It is. It is not just from a money point of view, but from a like as we move forward as diners. Mm. I just I think this is going to have a really negative effect uh, effect on the way we eat. Yeah, but I also think it's here to stay. So. Yeah, you know, we just need like everything. We just need it to be fucking good and better and constantly improving. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it'll be interesting to check in with you a couple of weeks from now. After yeah, I doing mean, a few we, Uber we're going to trial it and and see how it goes. And I think Uber Eats is a much better model, and that's why we're like we've been. It's approached- also not called Foodora. Yeah, <laughs> we've been approached by all of them. So, so Sam asks, yeah. um, Uber Eats make the money off the restaurant thirty percent. I think. Do you think that's too steep or possibly a valuable marketing cost? I think it's pretty fair. I, I think it's pretty fair. Like I don't think 30% is unreasonable considering that the cost doesn't get passed on to the consumer when the consumer isn't have they're having the convenience of it delivered but they're not getting it straight off the out of the pan and they're not having it given served to them by a waiter. They're not having, you know, that full restaurant experience. And like I said there's no minimum order, so if a customer orders a $3 coffee, you know, they can order a $3 coffee and everyone still gets paid, you know? Right, yeah, sure. I know that Mary's, like, ups, like, the, the price well, of their burgers the is, is way more than their regular... If, if you go and, in and it's like 11 bucks, but if you get it but delivered, you know what? it's like 16, Everybody 18 bucks. Does, even on, then their Deliveroo. Right. You know, so everyone does that even I think that's good like you should you should pay a premium well, price it. not to have the restaurant experience we're we're gonna adjust our prices mildly it might not be the full 30% on everything but because it's I reckon it's way more of a hassle for restaurants not to have diners in here too right it is it's a massive yeah. it's a, like we've still got to pay our bills at the I end fucking of the day. hated doing takeaway stuff at the dip yeah. like cramming my food into little takeaway boxes yeah but you just said restaurants don't mind doing takeaway I mean, com- yeah, I know, but like <laughs> compared to the delivery stuff. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I'm not a restaurant anymore too. I'm, all- I'm allowed to. You're allowed to. I'm contribute of yourself. This. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, I think it's just the way it's going to go. And, you know, as long as we push to make it better and the, the platforms try to get better as well and more efficient, then, you know, if, if it allows us to keep making turnover in the quieter months when people don't want to leave the house because I understand that too you know so I'm a consumer as well like there's some days I'm like I can't be fuck getting off my couch to go and have dinner sure yeah but if I can get a good meal still then I would happily support a restaurant rather than cook for myself yeah and I, and I understand that I, I say I, I say I'm against it as someone that lives in the aforementioned Parramatta where nothing around me is that good anyway yeah. so I, if, if there was much more appealing stuff near me I probably would be more is, tempted is to there use is there a Janner on Uber Eats or? I don't know I haven't checked I went there last night though mm, it was fucking great yeah don't um, well, if, if you are if you are a fan of of these home delivery services and you and you want to give it give us an argument for them, we're all ears. You can hit us up the Mitchin uh, Mitchin podcast at uh, the Mitchin podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, if you are involved in those uh, industries too, I know we have a pretty wide ranging audience these days. Um, hit us up and you know let us know your thoughts as well. Um, and if you are a restaurant for or against it, also we're all ears. Um, Facebook.com slash the Mitchin is where you can get in touch with us. We have this enormous email that we could end if you want to. There's one, this is from Minerva, um, and it's too big to go through. Back and hell. Um, actually, I've got a really funny one that I want to... It's a whole podcast in itself. I'm going to... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, Minerva, I'm sorry. I know you sent your, your thing through months ago, but we'll, we'll go through Maybe it. Maybe we can just reply to an email via email. Oh, okay. You mean maybe I can? Oh, I can too. Okay, all right, sweet. Um, I don't want to just get your opinions, bro. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, I got an amazing one recently, um, but I can't find it. Um, oh, it was on Facebook. 
Um, it's so good, dude. It's like... Uh... Oh, here we go. Um, Lil, Lil, a.k.a. Flex Mummy, has just hit us up. She says, My favorite relic and Mr. Acme, what a day. Hot tips for improving a preservative-rich toddler palate. <laughs> Stop eating toddler food, Flex. Fucking hell. Oh, does, does she not eat... What no, doesn't she eat? Have you seen a Snapchat of her cooking stuff? It's <laughs> fucking horrible. It makes me so upset. But she's Flex is not open to trying new things. <laughs> like she wouldn't even try the pig's head pizza at Dolphin the other week. Oh, really? Yeah. She's it's stuck with barbecue cheese. <laughs> um, here's one from um, Helice. I'm sorry if I fucked up your name, which I definitely did. Um, hey, guys. Love the mission. 40 and got... 40 and a half episodes deep The drunken ep got cut lol <laughs> Each to their own Elise. Um I'm a chef and restaurant manager in the gong And I'd love to hear Mitch's thoughts On regional chef's hats In our area they are outdated And should be judged the same as the city hats I also pose a question To our short staff industry Where will our next generation Something, Something. <laughs> um, I agree that Regional chef's hats should be judged the same as cities. Yeah, I totally agree. But I don't think they are. I think uh, regionals are a bit more lenient in order to promote in regional order, dining. Also, in order to have anything there. Like, yeah. I, 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 I've done some regional reviews for Good Food Guide in the past and, like, you know, given that this this year was the first year that they were like, you know, it's, it's 14 or you're not involved in the guide anymore. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have let any of the places I reviewed last year into the guide yeah and that, that's the thing it's kind of finding that balance and I get the, like we've said before the more you eat out and the more you sort of learn about the industry and the more you know the you've got to take all those guides with a grain of salt totally and, it, and like you know it's, it's that Parramatta thing as well like I mean that Wollongong restaurants exist for the Wollongong market it's yeah. what you can't do anything too confusing or, or too complicated for, yeah. for that market um I just want to read out one last... Uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, we're going to talk about staffing. Start, oh, fuck. That's the, big issue. That's the biggest issue facing it's you right now, It's a right? fucking huge issue. Um, so, you're working every day. I'm working every week. day because Lil's away and I really thought all my staff... Like, I thought there was only going to be three of us while Lil's away, but we just hired a, a new Korean warrior. <laughs> so, you know, the guys can sort of have their normal rosters. Uh-huh. Um, but it's fucking hard, man. Like, the over like overseas students only being able to work 20 hours a week I think I heard something that that may have been that hours may have been upped which is a little bit of a help but it's it's the same thing man there's too many fucking restaurants there's not enough staff staff don't want to work hard they all you know when I went for a job I was told when to work and I was fucking grateful for it and I worked my ass off now that now staff come to you and they say this is what I can work take it or leave it and old mate over there is going to pay me a dollar more an hour so I'm going to go over there or it's the same shit we talked about all the time and I really don't know what we do about it I think there's a lot of there's a lot of issues and it's really it's really what it's really a battle and you know like we went to the young chef's lunch the other day and there are some really strong young cooks coming through who hopefully you know sort of push my generation out like we tried to push the generation out before us and start to make their own noise and stuff but who's going to support them I, I don't know yeah i really don't know and you know if all these developments keep opening and developers keep going our oh, food's a hot thing we've got to have 50 restaurants in our development 
there's not people to eat in those restaurants and there's not staff to staff them. So the bubble's going to burst at some time. And I, I just hope we survive it, really. Yeah. Do, uh, do you think people that are interested in, in joining the food industry are more picky with where they want to work to begin with? Or they don't want to do the hard work to get there? They don't want to do the hard work. To, no one wants to do the hard work to get there. No one wants to start at the bottom and learn and work their way up. And Everyone that, wants an easy ride. It's and that same mentality. And you can go on TV like, and get a fucking cookbook and get a fucking newspaper column and call yourself a chef when you've got no fucking idea about the industry, etc., etc. Like, there's so many intertwining issues into it all. It's, it's hard to unravel. Yeah. This is my shitty, like, parenting aside. But, like... Mm. You know, with kids, when teenagers want to drop out of high school at year 10 because they say school's got nothing for them, I think yeah. it's really important that kids stay f- just from a social aspect mm. of, uh, you know, you, you develop so many social skills in those final two in years of high school. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the hard yards. It's not necessarily about cooking skills. It's about like skills of learning to deal with people, with people in the industry properly. Yeah. yeah and, and I say this to someone yeah. that didn't do those hard yards. Yeah, but, like you were saying, you quit every job or got fired from every job within three weeks you had for the first 10 years of your working life, yeah. you know, but it still leads you in one direction and makes you realize what you like doing and what you don't like doing. And a lot, like a lot of chefs, that's how they fell in love with cooking, you know, like that's how Hongi fell in love with cooking because he was a shithead kid. Yeah. So his mum was like, you got to go and fucking work. And then you develop a love for it, you know, and an affinity for it. So We're going to do an episode with Dan Hong and his mum again soon. And I want to bring up an article that uh, was written about Angie Hong. Yeah. Um, in which she, like, described teenage Dan Hong as, like, a, a drug-addicted crazy person. Yeah. A fuckhead. Which, <laughs> which is not which true at all. I love it. It was such an amazing motherly nah. over-exaggeration. Um, Sam says that he blames the instant gratification of today's social media. Yeah. Which is also why he's watching live now so he doesn't have to download the podcast later. 100. Thanks, bro. We appreciate it. Still download it, though, because we, get, we love we getting get those numbers. numbers. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much um, for joining us live. Is that one? Facebook one. Oh yeah, cool. Okay, got, okay, we've got a funny one. All right, cool. I'm going to answer this properly on uh, the next uh, booze episode I do with Mike Benny. But I just just to give you a taste, this is probably the funniest complaint we've ever gotten. <laughs> um, hey guys, sorry to do this through Facebook rather than email, but I doubt you really care that much. Big fan, enjoying working my way backwards through the early episodes that I missed, and especially enjoy listening to the first three quarters of each episode before I get to my destination and forget to listen to the last of the ramblings each week. Um, even though I'm a fan, I just have to say, can you stop shitting on beer for fuck's sake? No. Um, <laughs> imagine like the, the, like the the worst, the most angry listener of the Mitchin is a craft brewer living in Perth <laughs> <laughs> with a stake in like a, a food delivery service. Um, even though I'm a fan, yeah, can you stop shitting on beer for fuck's sake? I'm a craft brewer. Um, and people like me are working really hard to educate consumers and prove that we can make a refined, intelligent, sophisticated product that can be just as refined as wine and spirits. There's a lot of crap out there, I grant you, but the same could be said for macro wine and spirits. Um, Every time I hear you guys say what beer should be, clean, clean, crisp, smashable, inoffensive, forgettable, I die a little bit inside. Your chat with the mics showed that even you guys have a lot to learn about beer's potential. No offense intended. Well, a little bit of offense intended, I suppose. If you want to do an episode from a brewery with some internationally qualified brewers to see if we can change your mindset even a little bit, then by all means, let me know and I can sort out guests or beers or venues at the drop of a hat but if you prefer to, if you prefer to stick to your guns on this one then that's your prerogative and that's fine too um, 
So we are going to do a beer episode, me and Mike. With Oscar? I mean, we love the Young Henry's guys. I mean, yeah. the, the easiest, quickest answer to this, and we'll get into this proper, is that like the craft beer scene is the easiest target ever. And most ever. fun. It's most fun. It's and also like, why we pick on Perth. It's fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's like... We don't make fun of vegans. We don't make fun of vegetarians. Yeah, we do sometimes, but no, no one near. It's no one near as fun and as yeah, making yeah. fun of craft brewers, because uh, it's, it's like the point of incredible privilege. You're allowed, like you know, it was your choice and you had the money to do it, so we can make fun of you. It's yeah, fine. You bought a fedora and you went and made craft beer. <laughs> you grew a beard. <laughs> we still admire the fuck out of the scene, and, and there, there are definitely exemptions to the rule. And we're going to do an, a beer episode very soon. Uh, in which we're going to talk about beer and we're going to learn some stuff about beer too. Mike Benny knows a fucking heap about beer. So you can, yeah. by all means, you can make fun of me for not knowing enough about something I'm making yeah. fun of. No, but Mike, knows, Mike Benny knows, Mike his, knows fucking his fucking shit. shit. Yeah. And that's why he still says craft beer shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Um, you can find us online, facebook.com slash the Mitchin. Uh, and you can find Mitch online at Krillin on the Run or at Instacrill. You. Um, at Levdog, L E V D O W G. Please, we're going to do one of these a month, I think. This is really fun. Chatsies. Yeah, ask li- more questions. It's fun to do this. A, li- a live QA session. And, and we'll give you more warning next time so you can get those cues and in so we can give you some hot A's. And when we do this too, it's much less work because we don't have to organize any other pricks to come and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. fun. We, 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 this is how it works. If, we, if, if, if Mitchin is weekly, we've got we to make some, we make some things easy for yeah. ourselves. So thank you so much for watching and listening, and we will see you next week at the Mitchin. Peace. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to the Mitchin. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One of them is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture and dumb shit. The other one is called Serious Issues and is all about comic books. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at my website, yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support and see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.